this People up there, they get me nervous I wanna go deeper I'm getting Alright, it's time for another Root Issues Podcast I'm Chris, and I'm in the booth today with Luke And Mr. Steve Hello Alyssa is out again We're just sending out love and prayer for little John Who's been a little sick What's that? I said MIA MIA No, she's not MIA She's with her sick son She hasn't responded Well, I don't know But I mean And then you looked at the board Right when you said MIA And I'm like Did did I not hit record? I've done (laughs) that before Oh, I've done that Yeah, I've done that before Now I hit record And we (laughs) take two All right. well hey We are jumping in this message this week was just so incredible. It's The title of it was, How Can We Exceed Human Limitations? And I think as we look at this, not just human, being spiritual in a secular world, we do have to ask ourselves, like, you know, what can we exceed? How can we expand the gospel, expand the kingdom of God in just flesh? And so we have to kind of take our minds and our hearts to those spiritual things. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about some of the spiritual aspects of the gospel and what we see it as. And sometimes we might need to redefine what we see and unlearn what we think we learn. And we're going to start out with 60 seconds. I'm going to throw it to Luke. Luke's going to throw it to me, and then we're going to throw it to Mr. Steve Woodrow. All right. Well, one of the things that really hit me was when you said, um, there's this quote from, I think it was some sort of Pope or someone um, like that, but uh, preach the gospel always mm-hmm. and speak when necessary. Yeah, so it's Francis Assisi. Um, and I've always seen that and been inspired by it, right? Yeah. Kind of quoted it sometimes. But then you, you said the thing like, no, we are called to proclaim it. We are called to speak it and preach it. Always. Um and so that was a bit of a conviction moment for me. I'm like, well, yeah, I guess that's that's right. Um, and then kind of building off that, I love the analogy used of the cross where God's love and also his justice meet on the cross. And you can't have one without the other. Um, I think I think that's what Christianity struggles with the most these days is just having the cross of love, right? But mm-hmm. not yeah. having that justice in there yeah. because it's just so important. So. I'm going to call it there. Oh, All right. Well, no, that's cool. I'm going to pick up because the justice one really struck me. Yeah. You know, because I think early in my Christian life, I had experienced so much judgment, mainly from myself and judged myself because of the the faith that I grew up in was really strict. You know, there were lots of fences and things you couldn't cross and couldn't do. And so I just lived with all this judgment. And then so as I grew in and understood more about the gospel, I really clung to the love, 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 you know, and there's no judgment and there's that. But it did lead me to that empty point of like, you know, well, what is my calling? What is my passion to be pleasing to God if it's only to live in his love, but not to seek holiness, not to seek purity, not to say that I'm going to live differently? Mm-hmm. Then it's nothing. There's no new creation there. Yet. There's no new creation, and so I mean, I tell my kids, I tell youth group all the time. Like I was working in restaurants in college for the second time, and and you talk about some foul mouth, you know, just like mm-hmm. yeah, like the you know, it was just kitchen talk, you know. But it's now it's vernacular in all society. Right well, now. yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, you know, kitchen yeah. talk's a little yeah. rough. I mean, it's rougher than trucker talking, you know. And so anyway, and so like you know, when I finally made that full commitment to just pursue holiness, like I carved this big wooden cross out of some wood. And made a necklace and oh, wore it awesome. with a leather strap <laughs> to remind me, because I was in that kitchen, you know, six days a week, you know, 12 hours a shift, and that, no, this is who I am. And I needed it to point to to my, you know, non-English speaking friends 
to show them, like, no, 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 you know, because they all looked at me like, you know, what, why are you not cussing anymore? Why are you not yelling? Why are you not being mean to the wait staff? You know, that's cool. And so, you know, it was this reminder. It was like my Lord of the Rings ring, yeah. like it was ever present with me. That's great. And so, yeah, and so, yeah, justice. God has to bring justice, and you know, without it, what good is love? Mm, that's good. It's real good. Yeah, let me. I'll just pick up on that. I think, you know, the whole series is not just human, mm-hmm. which we're playing off most of the time. All we hear about is we're just human, right? Yeah, totally. And we lean into the side of God uses broken people, right, mm-hmm. to do amazing things, which is phenomenal. That is, that is the gospel, right? But we that's just half of it, though, right? So we. We, we camp out there. That's mainly what we hear today. We don't hear this idea, but but no, actually, we're not just human, right? Yeah. The Spirit of God is good. The life of God has come inside us. Uh, and the other half of it, which is in Second Corinthians um, chapter 5 that we looked at this week again, right, is that he calls us the expectations that we become yeah. a new creation. So, yes, he takes us in our brokenness. Yes, he uses broken people. All of us are broken. Uh, to do amazing things, but his expectation is that that broken person, that mm-hmm. we would become a new creation. And we yep. need both of these, right? And that kind of moves right into the larger picture of uh, focusing on this idea of of righteousness, yeah. where Jesus said, go be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, yeah. right? Where he, he said, walk, live like I am, you know, yeah. but saying these these huge things, be a new creation, everything else. Well, how are we going to do that? How, yeah. uh, and then, of course, 521, which is the famous passages that God put upon Jesus, right, our, our sin, uh, that we uh, could become the righteousness of God, right? And uh, boy, how do we do that, right? Yeah. So that's about, that, that. that's the ultimate in exceeding yeah. our humanness, right, is becoming like God, yeah. right, in, in his righteousness. That's not just imputed righteousness, yeah. which is a positional thing that we don't do anything for. We get, God gives us that in our identity as a child of God, that Jesus bought for us, yeah. but it's also that imputed righteousness, is, um, like we said earlier, means that I should start walking in active righteousness, learning mm-hmm. to actually like become that new creation, right? Yeah. That's cool. What do you guys think the word righteousness like boils down to as far as like, if someone doesn't really understand that word, I feel like it's a... That's a very big Christianese word. I mean, you know, we, we always explain it, and I explain everything to middle schoolers, you know, is, you know, being right with God. Like you are in relationship. I mean, as we're kind of going through the gospel on Wednesday nights and we're using different containers to represent, you know, the play of the garden to the fall to us now, you know, you know, at first, you know, Adam and Eve are really close to the vessel that's holding God, you know, and they're close. But then when sin comes, there was a separation. And then as we go through the story this week, you know, we're going to be looking at like, oh, Jesus came, died lived a perfect life, paid the sin, atonement, made us right standing with God. Now those who've received him and believe what he's done can now stand close to God again. That's awesome. And so it's like a positional thing in the sense that righteousness means you are right with God. Yeah. That's one thing you said too in the sermon. Um, God didn't deal with us according to our sins. He dealt with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big... Like, I think most Christians understand that, but when you put it in those words, it's yeah. like, because when you think of Jesus dying on the cross, like, he died for our sins, but then, like, you just kind of, it's almost a mind switch of, he dealt with Jesus, because he took our punishment, so he was the, the sacrifice, so. Yeah, God dealt with Jesus according to my sin. Yeah. yeah. Right? He didn't do with me according to my sin. That would yeah. be bad. That would, yeah, be, would be just, very that'd be very, very, very bad. But I mean, but, but, but <laughs> yeah. we look at it like, oh, there were kid gloves or something, you know, yeah. like, when he dealt with sin, he 
had the kid gloves on, but like Jesus took the brunt of our sins. And I think that's what we don't fully grasp. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, again, the problem today is in, in hearing kind of focusing on just half the gospel is, you know, we think we focus so much on the love of God, which we should, but we kind of subtly have interpreted that, that the love of God somehow nullifies the wrath of God, yeah. right? Um, and the justice of God. Yeah. Uh, that's not the case. These go hand in hand, yeah. as I think Luke said earlier, right? At the cross, love and justice of God, they crossed, right? Yeah. Both were dealt with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, love did not override his justice, yeah. right? They moved simultaneously. Uh, God's wrath was thrust upon Jesus. Love should have been th- moved him yes. to push and have his righteousness dealt with right. in the justice there. Yeah, those are not opposed yeah. to each other. No. We think they are. Uh, today, yeah. in many, many sermons, and, and I think in many hearts, right, we think the wrath of God and the love of God are opposed to each other. These yeah. these are both qual- equally qualities, right, of, yeah. um, of God, that his justice and his love must go together, right? Otherwise, if he's not just, that kind of nullifies his love. He's yeah. not able to sovereignly love, yeah. right? Well, I mean, you know, when you look at it, like, in the sense of just those words have been stolen from us, and now they've been culturalized, you know, and so it's like love and justice can't coincide with each other. Mm -hmm. But when I think about it with my own children, if I'm going to love them, I have to be just with them, you know, and if I'm going to love them equally from my heart, I have to be just with all of them. I can't be, you know, and I'm not saying it's fair, (laughs) you know, because my oldest is always like, that's not fair. I didn't get a phone till I was, oh, okay. You know, but, you know, just the justice sense is that my concern in my heart has to be equal for my children. And if I see them getting out of line, I must bring, like, you are, you know, terrorizing the family. You have to, you know, if I show only compassion and grace then maybe a child can just hijack dinner every night Mm -hmm. damaging everybody else's dinner time experience you know and so i have to bring that justice justice because i love them well let's get into the gospels because you know you had um three on the slide then you gave us another one because i really think like when we think about like justice and love colliding and then our understanding of how we're to pursue holiness when we pursue holiness i think that is one of the traits that causes us to live beyond human expectations like human expectations would be like i just gratify myself gratify myself but when we look at like the root it's what is the gospel that you're believing in yeah and so the first one you you threw out there was this intellectual gospel that's like mind self-confidence and righteousness and so maybe let's dig in on that and Mm -hmm. say like you know if somebody's believing in that gospel what is their translation and how does it affect the way they live yeah um I love what you said where the love of God collided with the, you know, the justice of God. That's yeah. kind of what happened at the cross. That yeah. is what happened at the cross, Absolutely. right? And, and when that collision happened, wow, that's the beautiful full gospel, mm-hmm. right? Is yeah. that he, he took our sins, which is, should be a shocking, overwhelming, amazing thing. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, in the midst of that, he, his love busted out with yeah. he not only took care of our sins, but he made us a child of God. Therefore... Um, righteousness, another big conversation, but but with that comes the inheritance. Mm-hmm. All of the eternal promises are, are ours, right, in him. Yeah. The intellectual gospel, um, remember when the Holy Spirit comes in and we're saved, we're supposed to, yeah. the Holy Spirit is supposed to be transforming my mind, how I think, right? yes. my, my soul, which is my mind, emotion, and will. Because I've learned most of my life from a baby, learning to live my life from myself. Yeah. So my emotions and my mind and my will 
are, are fueled by myself in mm-hmm. the world, what I take yeah. in. We're saved. We become a new creation. Now, am I leaning into the Spirit of God? Yeah. The problem is, uh, once we become saved, all that doesn't get fixed. This is the journey of learning to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And when I've le- I have to unlearn this idea of of letting myself right inform my mind right because mm-hmm. the Scripture tells us right in First Corinthians that we have the mind of Christ. Yeah, got to pursue that amazing promise. Right. Uh, so the intellectual gospel is one that just focuses around right the 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 mind right puts a, over highlights the yeah. formation of my intellect right mm-hmm. um, and, and at a deficit to the other areas yeah. Um, and it easily is one where self now is 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 the one that I, I'm I'm or you know the other words there self righteous yeah. because of what I know yeah. right my mind what I'm thinking what I'm learning right rather than letting the spirit of God that it needs to be word knowledge and the spirit of God right together yeah I think yeah. for me like I I've struggled with just the intellectual side as far as like that's what I, it's easiest to pursue yeah that's the easiest to learn from I feel like. And it's it's beneficial, obviously, to learn the character of God and all those things. Yeah, but you can't you can't share the gospel to its fullest with just intellect. You can't heal people with just intellect. Mm-hmm. You can't really live a different life with just intellect. Yeah, to a certain point, you can, but not to the point where Christ calls us to. Mm-hmm. And so, it really is it'll fail you if you just are intellectual about it. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm I'm working on <laughs> that more spiritual side and it is amazing to you know when you feel the Holy Spirit yeah. with you and through you it brings it to a whole other level so yeah no I mean it's like you know I, I would think like a lot of us you know in our journeys like you know we've had that p- point in time where like oh the intellectual like I remember like going to a church in Texas in college the second time and it was like can we just get the worship team off the stage <laughs> right. I need to hear from the teacher right. I, mean, I need to- when all the ones that, the emotional gospel right the yeah. therapeutic gospel yeah. they wanted the worship they yeah. wanted the feelings they wanted the feelings and so I think what Lucas said is so important is to know which one of those are we naturally Mm -hmm. right the therapeutic gospel the emotional or the uh the intellectual gospel, yeah. right, or the kind of the the works based yeah. gospel. Which one, you know, or you do you naturally gravitate? Yeah, towards, and and, and most, my, I think most pastors gravitate have struggled with the intellectual. Idea. Oh, absolutely. It's about the you're knowledge, and your teacher, and, and yeah. so your gifting impacts that. And to know that is yeah. profound in the sense of understanding how you should. Right, move yeah. your formate your spiritual formation. Yeah, and I mean it's like yeah, we wanted like you know, get the worship team off. We need to get our Greek and our Hebrew today. <laughs> yeah. You know, we need we yeah. need to you know where right. we're going. You know, and so I remember that period of time. You know, and I was in college. Mm-hmm. You know, for the second time, so I was a little older. But you know, you're in that you know very astute environment. And then we've seen know. whole churches, right, and yeah. whole movements, a new movement swung yeah. the other way yeah. in the sense of no, let's let the worship team stay up there for hours, hours and hours and hours, and hours. hours. And if we get a message, we get one. If we don't, we don't need yeah. it, right? Yeah, and and that's kind of you know, and we have both things going. Yeah, on. I mean, by God's grace, mm-hmm. you know, um, my second fiance, she went to one of those churches, and the first time I went to her church, you know, we were driving home, and she was like, "Well, what do you think?" And I'm like, "Did they have to do the chorus 15 times?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were marching yeah. the banners around the sanctuary, yeah. and I think that was when she was like. No, God, I don't think he's the one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then like a day later, she brought the ring wait, back. Wait, you got to clarify. Ooh. How many fiancés did you have? Well, that was my, I've only had three, <laughs> you know. The third one stuck, okay. you know. Just the first one kicked me. Yeah, the second yeah, one yeah, kicked yeah. me. The yeah. third one was the one. I was even yeah. reflecting on it the other night, like as, <laughs> after I, you know, interviewed her for a job at Paradise <laughs> Bakery, and we were walking across the crosswalk. God yeah. said, meet your wife. 
And I was journaling yeah. about that. Like, thank you, God, I for that, you know. Yeah. But um, so the intellectual gospel, it is. It's mind. It's self-righteous. And it's definitely kind of just stays in that upper region of your head. Like, I think a lot of times when I think about, like, intellectual gospel people, when they're confronted with an emotional person, it's like they're hitting the emotional person's heart with their head. Like, exactly. all they can do is just like, right. well, don't you understand this? And Guilty. don't you understand this? And, well, maybe this is because right. of your sin. But they don't know how to walk in that person emotionally. Which brings us to the next one, the therapeutic gospel, emotion, self-love, and formation. So where are we at with that? And what is a person who's living in that gospel, what are they kind of playing well, I think off it's like of? Like we said, you, you, you said it, I think, well, is uh, this is the other, swinging the other side, this is going to be the person who's, depending upon background and everything else, but our cult, this is one that reigns today in our culture just because emotions are highlighted, right? Feelings, um, affirming feelings is such a, a key thing. So uh, the therapeutic gospel is, is the, the false gospel of our day, primarily. All these are. The intellectual gospel is still there for sure. Uh, and the enemy will swing us, right? Uh, like I say, he, if he, yeah. he doesn't want us to land in that healthy place. He's going to mm-hmm. swing us from intellectual to therapeutic or to works or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that therapeutic one is, is boy, it's, um, it rains today, right, yeah. where it's about how I feel. It's about yeah. how God makes me feel. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, um, the, that whole self-love yeah. uh, that we hear over and over again, right, yeah. in our culture. So many, right, churches, uh, sadly, right, uh, have blended in, right, to be relevant with the world and, and have, uh, right, brought in much of yeah. that self-help stuff, right, into the gospel. Yeah, no, and when you think about, like, that self-help, like, where where's your younger generation in on that one? Because, I mean, I see a lot of your generation, I mean, I was Luke's youth pastor, and I would say he was very much in the intellectual gospel for such a long <laughs> period of time, you know. And, you know, but, like, that therapeutic gospel of just, like, you know, what does that make me feel? Yeah, no, I think, I think it is the one that reigns over society at the moment, and it's one, I think it's one that's very nice and pretty and, you know, butterflies and rainbows when you first you know, come to know it. And yeah. for a period of time, it's amazing. I, I don't think I've personally gone through this, but just seeing what I've seen, but it's one that really easily crumbles, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you do start reading the Bible and you're like, Oh, there is justice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there is wrath and punishment. And there is, you know, figuring out what true love really is. Right. And so it's one, I think that a lot of people, they go into church because of it. And then either they hopefully, you know, come to understand the truth or they're automatically, it's almost like they're hit by a bus and they're like, oh, okay, yeah. well, everything I've believed in, everything, okay, it's all wrong. I'm just yeah. going to, you know, deconstruct my faith and yes. something else, right? Well put. And that's kind of where that comes in, that whole, the attack on deconstruct your faith. Yeah. Like you just, you know, hit a brick wall at 65 miles an hour and the <laughs> airbag did not deploy. You know, yeah. your faith is crumbling because it was based only on the emotion. Now, what I will say is like when you look at these, they're so decisively as we move into the third one, you know, just deceptive. Like we need our mind. Sure. We've been given the mind of Christ. We've been given the heart of Christ, his emotion, his ability to connect with people. And then the final one, like I've been going through James this past week, you know, like we, we need works because yeah. faith without works is not dead. And so when you look at these as standalone gospels, that is the gospel that you are depending on for salvation, they fail. Yeah, they exactly. won't. They won't produce the right. Trinity of Gospels, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah, and, and I mean, like the works gospel, I love it. 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a servant guy. I love to work. I love to produce. I love to get things done. Sure. I love to look back on the day and like, look at all that I've done for <sighs> the kingdom, you know. But, you know, self-control and help. Will, self-control, and help are the three kind of words that you're throwing down here on this one. So take us a little deeper to the works gospel. Yeah, I mean, this is one, nothing new. Like I said, Book of James deals, this is all through, and all three of these gospels can kind of be merged. We brought up the fourth one, mm-hmm. right, the cheap grace gospel, yeah. which is kind of the opposite side of the works gospel. Works gospel will always lead to self-righteousness. It's, yeah. it's uh, you know, all through the Bible, obviously, yeah. that's what we're saved out of, right? Mm-hmm. The earning yeah. grace is opposed to that earning. Earning, uh, but not to effort, right? Yeah. And that's where James comes in. No, once we receive that grace, we're called to um, to work. Mm-hmm. So you're, uh, this is the will. So remember, uh, um, we see that our soul, mind, motion, and will. Mm-hmm. There's a gospel. If we're not letting the Spirit of God form us, right? Yeah. How our self uh, inform these three areas yeah. is going to interpret many times how how we take in the gospel if mm-hmm. we're not. Forming by the Spirit of God and the Word of God, so uh, this is just the will I've learned yeah. to promote my um, by my willpower. I can yeah. go do this. Um, it's by my works. This is the Pharisees. This is why yeah. Jesus hammered the Pharisees. What it was a works based. Yeah. Right, is what they did, not relying on God, and that built self righteousness. Right, mm-hmm. and so that's just a works based you know gospel uh, that uh, I think we all uh, throughout time have have had to right yeah. really really deal with that you know yeah. it's uh, the what can i do versus what can god do uh-huh. aspect of it. totally yeah like what can i do to better improve myself and then the last one that was added on was just the cheap grace you know yeah. and just like accepting grace and then saying however i live is fine because i have grace and so, what's what's the what's the dark side of that one? Well, we go on. We, I, I don't know if I did will we'll this week, but you move into verse one of the next chapter, chapter yeah. six, and Paul, you know, admonishes the church: do not receive the grace of God in vain. Yeah. So, and there's what he's saying there is is it's not about neglecting God's grace, you know, or uh, rejecting it. it mm-hmm. It's it's the he what he's saying is don't receive it in vain. Meaning, um, don't re- it's possible to receive the grace of God without the profit of that grace. Yes. So it's it's and that's cheap grace. Yeah. So in other words, I want grace, grace, forgiveness. Yes, 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 yes. yes. But if I do not put it into practice, if I don't pursue holiness, mm-hmm. if I don't pursue obedience and show great effort in that, uh, put that grace to work right in my my life, yeah. I will not experience the profit, all the blessings of God in my life. Yeah. I'll be stuck, and mm-hmm. I'll be a carnal believer, which Paul deals with in the First Corinthians. Um, lukewarm believer, we see in the Scripture. Yeah. That's I'll get stuck. And so, like, I don't know, am I wrong here? But when I think about cheap grace, you know, it's like somebody just paid my tab at an all-you-can-eat Asian buffet, and if I'm works-related, I'm only going to get one one plate. It's all you can eat, but I'm not. I'm not worthy of it. Okay, I'm going to get some food from it. If I'm an intellectual, I'm going to debate with why did somebody pay for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. And if I'm a receiver of cheap grace, I'm just going to keep going to the buffet all the time. But it's like how do we blend those four gospels into the true gospel? You know, and and so that's that's my next question is like, you know, how do you define the true message of the gospel? Yeah, and I think these verses, Second Corinthians five, you know, you can start sixteen or uh, verse sixteen uh, through verse twenty one, are, are some of the 
clearest language about yeah. what the gospel is, right? Becoming a new creation, mm-hmm. right? What God has done through Christ on the cross for us, right? That we would become the righteousness of Christ. Um, but I, I think back kind of our diagram, what we're trying to yeah. do in this series is try to break down what, what are, who are we, right? Yeah. This body, but what's on the inside, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when we talk about the heart, what is that? And, and, you know, at the core of that to be saved, it means the Holy Spirit comes in yeah. and awakens our spirit. That's the very core. That's the heart, the deepest uh, place in our being that is where we communicate with God. When that happens, when we're saved, is um, and we're stamped as righteous before mm-hmm. God. In other words, yes, right before God, but much, much deeper. Righteousness, that's a longer discussion, yeah. right? In other words, that's who God is, mm-hmm. and he's cannot, right? He is light. He's not. He cannot have darkness in his presence because yeah. the light all right exposes it so if he's going to have fellowship with us his children right yeah he, we have to somehow be righteous mm-hmm. and still have a free will and still so here's yeah here's, here's the depth of his, oh. what he did which that's a, maybe another podcast but um so it's it's my soul it's like it's back in my mind my my emotion and my will yeah so the true gospel is letting the spirit of god um, inform my entire being, mm-hmm. right? So that my mind, right, becomes the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. So that my emotions become the fruit of, of the, the spirit, spirit and not yeah. my self emotions, right? Yeah. Dictated by the world and my circumstances. My will, how I make decisions, right? Yeah. My willpower. Yeah. It now is submitted to the spirit of God mm-hmm. and I do it not by power, not by might, but by the spirit, spirit. right, of the yeah. Lord. That is the gospel at work. That is God's, and, and that is to fan out from my inner side, right, to affect this in this. Next week we'll get into, uh, it is to move out to my body. Yeah. Right, my body is the temple of God. So mm-hmm. all of that inner working should inform my physical body, right, to walk in holiness, yeah. right? And so it's kind of the old, yeah. right, heart, right, to heart, head. Man. To hands, hands, right? So, Head, heart, um, and hands, baby. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, that, I, I think that's for me why I was so intellectual yeah. for a while because, you know, you're reading the Bible, the heart is the most deceitful thing above yes. all things, whatever, you know, don't listen to it essentially. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I can't listen to my heart, then I must just listen to my, my head, my intellect, right? <laughs> yeah. But then you read the verse of, you know, when you truly accept Jesus, he yeah. transforms your heart, your heart and he'll yeah. give you all the desires of your heart, you know, because if you're truly seeking him. And it's just a, uh, a switch of, okay, now I can listen to my heart. Now I can listen to the Holy Spirit. Now I can listen to that voice, right? Because it's now new. It's a new creation. And so I think to combine all these gospels, they all lack either the head, heart, or, you know, the the body working, Mm -hmm. right? And so it has to be the full body. It has to transform the heart. It has to transform the mind. It has to transform the body to to be truly transforming and to make you a new creation, so... It's great. Yeah, like, you know, and it, it is. It's like, you know, like in every Sunday school lesson and middle school lesson out there, you know, like the holistic lesson, you know, the head, the heart, and the hands. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how do you connect that, you know, for the students? And so, like, another name for this podcast could be, like, check your gospel. Yes, <laughs> you know, like, check your gospel. And is your gospel including the head, the heart, and the hands, allowing your life to be lived by Christ, through Christ, for Christ, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's great. Yeah. I think that's a good landing place. So. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, hey, we thank you so much for tuning in. We just encourage you like to look at the gospel, you know, to look at what you say 
is your salvation and how you respond to it intellectually, emotionally, and physically throughout the next week as we wait for another awesome Root Issues podcast. We hope this midweek jolt has jolted you into some thought. And if you ever want to reach out and touch us, just give us an email at rootissues at ccasman.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Surface. People up there, they get me nervous. Deeper.